Shalom again. This is Reverend John Ferret. Welcome to the new podcast series, Truth Nuggets, Emet Goshim. And again, these will be short Bible lessons as we focus in on the archaeology, the history, geography, the customs and culture, call it the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, and even the languages of the ancient Middle East. We want to walk on those ancient paths, those ancient streets, like those first disciples in Jesus' day. Or those who walked Jerusalem with David. I want to reconnect to those believers. And what do they see? What did they hear 2,000, 3,000 years ago? The Bible was written to them. God willing, as we understand how they understood it in their day, it'll help us deepen our understanding and enrich our understanding of his word. Let's consider a few verses for our truth nugget number two. Again, we want to return to the ancient Middle East, ancient Near East, and again, to understand what those believers then understood and what did they see. And let's learn the meaning of the text in terms of its original intended meaning that God meant. We're going to take a look at Psalm 23, verse 6. And we read, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. And we have to ask ourselves this, how can David all of his days dwell in God's house? So what, what's this mean? And normally what's happening is God inspiring David to paint us a picture of a deep spiritual truth. Now let's look at this in its historical context and cultural context. First, from the Gesenius Hebrew lexicon, I am not using a concordance. Never, please, never use a concordance to try to, find, to, try to understand the meaning of a Hebrew word. You just can't do that. It's a little bit more sophisticated than a concordance. If you actually read the introduction to a concordance, you'll find out that what a concordance is is, is only a way of locating a word in the text of the Bible. It does not in any way help you understand the meaning. So using Gesenius Hebrew lexicon, we find the conceptual meaning of the Hebrew word bait. Its strong's number happens to be H1004004. It's a picture, and there's always a picture because its definition is a picture. It's conceptual. And from its root, that it's something built or established or restored. So bait does not have a definition, but it has a conceptual meaning whereby its root determines how it's going to be used in a variety of circumstances. In the Gesenius lexicon, bait can be a house one lives in, an actual building. It could be a royal palace. It's used that way in the Bible. It could be the temple, definitely. God's house, the temple in Jerusalem. It could be a movable dwelling place, a tent. Or it could be a place, a locale, or a region. Not necessarily a specific house or a building. It can mean a family or a special group of people. Let's just take a look at a couple of verses here. I'm going to go to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3, 4, 5, and 6 we read 
And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So in verse 3, definitely the house of God is the temple. It's used clear there. I'm going to jump down to Isaiah 2, verse 5. Come, house of Jacob, and let us walk in the light of the Lord. For you have abandoned your people, the house of Jacob. So with verses 5 and 6, we see that the house of Jacob is not his physical house, not the actual building that Jacob lived in, but his family. So here we have another use of the word bait, right in Isaiah chapter 2. And this goes on and on. Uh, Genesis chapter 7, uh, God is going to take the household, the bait, of Noah into the ark. He, in other words, he was taking his family. Household, bait, means household, family. So in Tom, Psalm 23, 6, David cannot be referring to God's temple. What then? So it's likely that bait means family or an association of people, like a flock of sheep. And this is the context of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, implying in Psalm 23 that David is like the sheep of Adonai. And God the Father is the shepherd. David is saying he's going to be part of God's family. He's going to be part of God's flock. He's going to be part of God's chosen one. David will be part of God's holy nation. David is using a picture to convey a deep spiritual truth that loving kindness and grace will follow him all the days of his life and that he will be part of God's family, God's tents, God's flock all the days of his life. He is the sheep and God is a shepherd. Now I suggest this also relates to another verse. I'm going to go to Psalm 91 verses 1, 2, and 3, and a reading from the New American Standard. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. So indeed, God is there with us and delivering us from those times of emergency and crisis, delivering us from the snare of the trapper and the deadly pestilence. Now in there, uh, this is an unknown author. Uh, I thought it was David who actually wrote Psalm 91, but it's not. We don't know who the author is. Whoever it is, God inspired him to use an unusual word, shelter. The actual word is not shelter, it's seter. And the Strong's number is H5643. And when we go into the Gesenius lexicon, we find out that it's a secret place a secret tent, a hidden encampment. Once again, the writer is inspired by God to give us a picture to understand a deep spiritual truth. It seems as if what God is teaching us is that we, as humans, are both physical and spiritual. It seems as if what God is doing through this writer in Psalm 91 is showing us that we have a body and a soul. And as David, we are one of his sheep. If we choose Yeshua as our shepherd, we are part of his flock. It's like we dwell in God's house every day. 
We are part of God's family, part of his household, part of his chosen flock. 24-7 we dwell in the hidden encampment. The hidden dwelling place of the Lord. It's hidden from all outside his flock. The world doesn't see it or understand it. Now, we can't see it. We're body and soul, but, I mean, we look through a glass darkly. But as his sons and daughters, with his word, we stand on the truth and we hold fast to this awesome reality. A third verse I want to relate it to is something that Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 18. Jesus is talking to Peter, and he says, Upon this rock I will build my church. Now, the word church does not enter into the Bible until, I believe, about 1500 A.D. The word church never was in the Bible. The actual word there is ecclesia, which is an assembly, a gathering of people. Wait a minute. A gathering of people. If we take a look at the Hebrew word bait, that it can be a house, can be a physical dwelling place, it can be a temple, it can be an association of people. We could say ecclesia, an assembly, Jesus' assembly, is like Jesus' house. We dwell in his assembly. We're part of his assembly. We're part of his flock. We're part of the house of God. We belong to the house of Yeshua. Now, in Jesus' day, it so happens that there were great rabbis in his youth when Jesus was 15, 16, 17 years old. One was called the great Rabbi Hillel, and there was Shammai, and then later on there's Gamaliel, who is the great teacher, uh, rabbinical teacher of Paul. And if you were a disciple of a great rabbi, like Rabbi Hillel, you were considered part of their assembly, part of their group. And you would be, it would be called, I'm a disciple of the house of Hillel. Matter of fact, also, if you were part of the house of Hillel or the house of Shammai, it was also said that you come in Hillel's name or you come in Shammai's name. If you were visiting a town and say, I'm a disciple of a great rabbi and I come in the name of Hillel. And so for us, when we read that phrase that we are in Jesus, or where we are in Christ Jesus. Basically, that means that we're part of a group. We belong to him. It's like being part of a house of Hillel or the house of Shammai. So the ecclesia is an assembly of disciples who belong to Yeshua, so therefore we come in his name. So Matthew 16, 18, Psalm 23, 6, and Psalm 91, 1, when we take a look at the picture in the Hebrew culture, it conveys a deep spiritual truth. As disciples of Yeshua, we dwell in his hidden encampment because as souls we're in that hidden encampment, but we live it out bodily, physically, as the church, as the physical ecclesia of God. Amazing how we can take these three together and look at it in a different way from the Hebrew culture. I'd like to end with this. Today we use 911 to dial for emergencies and use our cell phone to get help and assistance in dire circumstances. And I'm just wondering, is there a spiritual 911? 
I'd like to think that there is when I take a look at these verses. We have a membership in the Assembly of Disciples of Yeshua. In the Assembly of the Disciples of Yeshua, the Ecclesia that he said he would build. Another way of saying this is that we dwell in the hidden encampment of the Lord 24-7. Or like David, we say, since we are sons and daughters of God's family, his household. We're so close to the Father, and he is so close to us that we're in his shadow. This is exactly what we read in Psalm 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, in the actual, in the hidden encampment of the secret place, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, of El Shaddai. So we're close to the Father. We're in his shadow all the time. He's right there. He's right behind you. We do have a spiritual 911. It's Psalm 91, verse 1. 911. There's no need to dial it on a cell phone. There's no need to worry if someone's there. 911, Psalm 91, verse 1. We're with him 24-7 in his shadow. All we need to do at any time is to cry out, Abba, Abba. And our Father, who said this in Isaiah 65, 24, before they call, I will answer them. That's our 911. Psalm 91, verse 1. Shalom.